Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 or so minutes each day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that helps keep us focused, focused on our relationship with God, focused upon our soul's salvation, upon our spiritual life, and it also helps keep us focused on our faith in God through Jesus Christ. We encourage you to share these short studies every day with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Help somebody in your life grow in their faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, and maybe you'll even help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today with everybody you can. We're getting close to wrapping up our line of thought and study, asking a very profound question. Why am I a believer in Jesus Christ? Why am I a Christian? Well, what does it mean to be a true believer in Jesus Christ? We've talked about that. We looked at it in in some depth and detail. To be a true believer in Jesus, I'm going to believe that he is God the Son. He is the Savior. That he is my Lord. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe that God sent him from heaven to bring the gospel message of salvation to this earth, to all of humanity, and that God sent him to go to that cross, to die on that cross as the perfect one-time-for-all-time sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of my sins. He did something for me that I could not do for myself, and that is to pay that price for my guilt. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, the Hebrews writer wrote, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. He did that for me. I could not pay the price for the guilt of my sins because outside of Christ, without Christ, I was a sinner lost in my sins. In Hebrews 9 and verse 20, verse uh, 28, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. He was offered on my behalf to pay the price for the guilt of my sins. In Hebrews 10 and verse 10, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Jesus did all of that for me. How could I not believe in him? How could I not become a Christian? And true belief in him naturally leads me to become a Christian. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I needed that rest, that spiritual rest, by becoming a Christian. I can't just say I believe, and that be the long and the short of it. I have to believe to the point of obeying. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. 
In verse 21, he said it again. In verse 23, he said it again. In verse 24, he said, he who does not love me does not keep my words, does not obey me, in other words. I love Jesus. I love him to the point that I wanted to obey him. I wanted to surrender my life to him through baptism into him for the remission of my sins. Acts 2 and verse 38. So the blood that he shed on the cross could cleanse me, wash away the guilt of all of my sins for me personally. Acts 22 and verse 16. I wanted to obey that gospel message of forgiveness and salvation that he brought to mankind by being baptized so that I could be saved. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. I am so blessed by being a believer in Jesus, by being a Christian. We've talked about a number of different blessings, and we've asked the question, why be a believer in Jesus Christ? Why be a Christian? Are there advantages over not believing? Does it make any sense to be a believer, to be a Christian? The answer is resoundingly, yes, it makes sense. Yes, we are blessed with all kinds of advantages in being a Christian, a true believer in Jesus. We noted first that in becoming a Christian, I was forgiven of my sins. Acts, two and, uh, Acts 22 and verse 16, my sins were washed away by the blood that he shed on that cross on my behalf. In becoming a Christian, I was justified before God through Christ, Acts 13 and verse 39. In becoming a Christian, I was given a new start on life, spiritually. I was made a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. I've put on my Lord in baptism, Galatians 3 and verse 27. In becoming a Christian, I was sanctified from the world, set apart in Christ, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 2. In becoming a Christian, God blessed me with the Holy Spirit. In some way, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. The Spirit is with me. In becoming a Christian, I was delivered from eternal condemnation in hell. John 5 and verse 24, and Romans 8 and verse 1, Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In becoming a Christian, oh, the Apostle Paul says, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, but in Christ. That's the qualifier, Ephesians 1 and verse 3. In becoming a Christian, God adopted me as his son, as his child. Now, lots of people believe that everybody is a child of God. Maybe in the loosest sense of the understanding that we are all his creation, created in his image, at Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, but not in the most special and the most critical sense of his bringing us into his family, his spiritual family. That only happens as we become Christians, as we put our belief in Christ into practice through obedience 
and we become Christians. In Galatians 3 and verse 29, again, we read the Apostle Paul instructing the Christians in Galatia as to this reality. He says, if you are Christ's, now how do we become Christ's? How do we come to belong to Christ again? We're baptized into him. If you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, let's drop down to verse 1 in chapter 4. Now, I say that the father, as long as he is a child, I'm sorry, the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, and though he is a master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, we, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, in other words, at the right time, God sent forth his son, that is Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Now notice this, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You see, when we became a Christian, when I became a Christian, when all who have become true Christians were baptized into Christ, God adopted us into his family his spiritual family, in a very special way. And in that sense, it is not everybody in the world who is a son or daughter of God, a child of God, but in this most important sense, only those who have come to him in Christ have been baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins, for salvation. Only those who have become true Christians only those who have become true Christians. When we look at Romans chapter 8, and we begin with verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You don't adopt your own children. You adopt children who are outside of your family. As I became a Christian, God adopted me as his child, as his son, and made me a joint heir with Christ. Now, we talked about how we have been sanctified, set apart this is part of that reality. We're no longer a child of the world when we, be, when we become a true Christian. We become a child of God because God adopts us as his child in this most important sense from a spiritual perspective. Well, let's look at another blessing in being a Christian. I'm saved. I've been given everlasting life. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, perhaps the most familiar, the most quoted verse of Scripture of all in the Bible, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. In verse 36 of that chapter, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And again, we've emphasized that just intellectual agreement, making a statement that I believe in Jesus, that's not true saving faith. True saving faith is when I act upon that, that, that belief to become obedient to Jesus, surrendering my life to him through baptism, becoming a true Christian. What a blessing. What a blessing. Everlasting life. Everlasting life. Again, in Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, Jesus told the apostles, and this is our mission still today as true Christians, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And that is the basis of eternal life, our being given eternal life. Remember Romans 6 and verse 23 again? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's why I became a Christian, along with all of these other blessings. We'll conclude our study next time. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for blessing us so mightily, so magnificently through Christ. Guide us to live that Christian life, Father, before you and through him. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.